my yakety yaks and my gabity gabs. This is the mini gab mini episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name's Natalie. Hello, how are you doing? I'm Kina. And I'm Ashley. So let's take a sip and learn some shit. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Rum. (laughs) (laughs) I went first last time, so somebody else can go first. I can go first. Okay, sure. All right, so I have an article, and just like last time, it is from Shreveport Times because I'm still exploring my area. And it's a feel-good story, and it's going to have a little bit of a PSA at the end, so strap in. (laughs) All right, so Shreveport family pays fine for 84-year-old overdue library book. Oh, I love those stories. I do, too. (laughs) So Shreveport resident Robert Stroud was going through some of his late mother's things, when he came across a very old copy of Spoon River Anthology by Edgar Lee Masters. And the inside of the book jacket revealed that it was actually a Shreve Memorial Library book that his mother, Margaret Eubank Stroud, had checked out in 1934. On a lark, I just kind of said, hey, I'm going to drop this off at the library. Moore just thought it would be a funny story, Stroud said. Which it is. I love it. Stroud didn't even leave his name when he dropped off the book. Soon after, the Shreve Memorial Library posted on Facebook about the book and how it was returned more than 84 years after it was due on April 14th of 1934. The unique story then attracted media attention locally and beyond. The next thing we found out is this went viral from the New York Times to Inside Edition and all over the world, Stroud said. Stroud said his mother, who was 11 years old when she checked out Spoon River Anthology, loved literature and poetry. My mom had a great sense of humor, he said. I think she would see a lot of levity in this. According to the 1934 library rules listed inside the book, a fine of five cents per day was to be charged for each day an overdue book wasn't returned, what would amount to more than $1,500. Three dollars, right? That's still not bad, though. It's really not. You keep a book for 84 years? Okay. (laughs) Yes. So three dollars is actually the maximum fine the library will charge for an overdue book. At a nickel a day, that's 60 days. But in this case, the library waived the fine completely, which was really cool. I would cool. hope so. <laughs> yes, yes. Even so, the Strouds decided they wanted to do something on behalf of their mother. My brother and sisters determined paying the fine would be a befitting honor to my mom. And also, we have an aunt who's a librarian. What, what? Oh. On Thursday, October 25th, Stroud re- presented Shreve Memorial Library Executive Director John Tuggle with a check for $1,542.65, what would it be owed <laughs> on the book if five cents per day had been charged for every day it was late as a donation to the library? I never want to do that math. No. Wow. Libraries are places. Numbers. Yes. Libraries are places of stories. And now we have a very unique story of our own. Tuggle said the story of a book returned after 84 years is just really special. He joked that he will use this story as a lesson for all of the other library users. What I'm going to use it for is to remind all of our patrons that it's never, ever too late to return an overdue book. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. It's precious. I loved this story. And here's my PSA. Guys, donate to your local library. You can donate your books in good condition, but you can also donate funds. And if you want them to go to a specific place in the library, like to books for the children's department or programming for adults, you can do that. And like libraries are always a need. Always. I think the biggest constraint that libraries have most of the time, no matter the environment is funding and supplies. So like if you have a yarn collection, you're never gonna use donate it to the library for crafts and all that. And that is my PSA. Oh, yay. I support this. The only, yes. The only thing I want to add to that, if you donate money, yes, you can specify where you want it, but please yes. don't be overly specific. Yes. <laughs> because I found out just a couple of weeks ago, someone donated several, like, I don't know, like hundreds of dollars or even a thousand dollars. It was a good chunk of money. And we can only buy doll books. Yeah. Oh, no. With it. There's only so many doll books you can buy or that would want to read. That is so specific. It is. I'm like, please don't (laughs) be that specific. Yes. Yes, you yes, pick a department or programming. That's excellent. But please don't be like, you can only buy Harry Potter books. Well, we have we have tons of copies. (laughs) 
We're ready. Yeah. Yeah. You can also donate a book to the library, like donate a copy of a book that you have. And if you want it to be a memorial to someone, Mm -hmm. most libraries will put a memorial plate in the front of that book saying that it's dedicated to a certain person. Yeah. So like that's a cool thing too. Also look on your shelves for books that may be 84 years overdue. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. (laughs) All right. You want to go next or you want me to go next? I can. That's okay. fine. Mine's is short and sweet, and it's just kind of interesting. It's local news. Oh, cool. Little Rock School District is on strike. Oh, that's a good yes. story. Thank you for doing that. That's... Yes. I'll admit, I don't, I, I, I've kind of dived into it just a little bit, but basically what it is is they're dividing our school district, and it's like 23,000 students, I believe. And they're basing their studies on just one test and some of the grades. It's basically rich versus poor. That's kind of mm-hmm. what it's turning into. And a little bit of race and stuff. And what happened is the state took over the district in 2015. And since then, it's just gotten worse. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, we need to get our school board back. We need to take it back to our own. We don't want to segregate. We don't want to separate any of that business. Mm-hmm. And this Thursday, so this will come out after it. So they've already actually, by the time you listen to this, they've had a strike day so far where teachers will not come to work. Some students might want to participate in the protest, but parents also who want to participate won't take their kids to school that day. And I have a little bit of mixed feelings about that just because of working parents. Like, what do you do with your kids? Mm-hmm. Luckily, the schools are having school. But it's kind of like, what do you do with them if the teachers don't show up and you have to go to work? But I know that's kind of like the whole point of it, too. (laughs) I read somewhere that they were paying to train substitutes and offering to pay them more if they would cover while the teachers were on strike. Oh, that's shady shit. Yeah, it's really shady. Yeah, they're not getting much support. Like some of the, Mm -hmm. I think one of the principals and maybe the superintendent. There's a couple of quotes. I don't remember exactly who said it, but. They said how disappointed they were at teachers wanting to do this, to strike, Mm. and they're, like, shaming them. No. I was actually really excited. My sister is converting to Judaism, and her rabbi was leading one of the protests, and his speech was so powerful that I wanted to be a Jew, too. (laughs) 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 He was like going on about how his kids went there, he went there and everything. And then he said that why would we want to change our elected school board who just happened to be predominantly African-American at this point. And then he's like, throw all that away for one white dude to take over. And that's where that was his words. But I was like, Whoa, damn rabbi. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, he was just like, no, this is more than that. Cause I mean, if you don't know about the Little Rock Nine, do a quick Google because this Central High is just, it's been rife with racism issues since then, segregation. And they were the high school that the National Guard were sent in and like the president had to intervene. It's just a huge deal. So it's been very like interesting to me to see the pictures from back when the Little Rock Nine and then today with the protests. Just like the amount of people that showed up and were protesting different things. It's just really interesting and I'm waiting to see what happens. But I, I'm on the side of the teachers. Like, I am oh, too. Yeah. There's a lot of shit going on. And, I, like, my only sympathy is just for the parents. Mainly because I had a co-worker and she said her teenage daughter is probably going to want to participate. Which she's like, I'm supportive of that. But then I'm like, well, damn, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> and, I just, I don't, I don't see why this is happening. Yeah. Like, especially if you're going to do the shady shit, why start with Central? That's going to be like the most media centric. I mean, yeah. it's going to make national news, I'm sure. But Yeah. Yeah. It's a freaking historic site. And like the irony of, you know, them struggling against segregation at Central High in 2019 is just, mm-hmm. is so thick. Didn't the segregation funds run out a couple of years ago? Like something like that happened. Like they were getting. Yeah. That's probably why this is opening up for this new stuff to start happening. I don't think 
they meant for it to segregate as much like with races. What happened was just they were basing it on these scores mm-hmm. that were based on more income. And mm-hmm. in some of the school's areas, they are prominently poor and African-American. Mm-hmm. And so when they're talking about segregating, they're like, well, that looks shady as shit. Mr. Mm-hmm. White Man, when they had a really awesome board that was trying to do their best. And it was a diverse board. And I guess, like, me being so naive, I'm not from Little Rock, so I never was. I mean, I knew the history, but I didn't know specifically. But in grad school, I went to school with some people that were in those predominantly African-American schools. And she was talking about how, like, oh, yeah, segregation is still real. Like, this is still happening. We yeah. all got shoved into this charter school because this is the neighborhood we lived in and that was our income so it just blows me away that's still a thing that's happening yeah Yeah. but uh i think it's shitty i don't think anybody should get a lesser education just because you don't make as much money no we all deserve Mm -hmm. to be able to make ourselves better we all we all deserve to be educated so we can have a future yeah I think Little Rock will always be like a highly charged area. Just a lot oh, yeah. going on there. Oh, I'm glad you did that because I've been trying to keep up with it. Yeah, I I have I don't really have many words for it. I just, it just like it should be me. happening. Yeah, <laughs> especially today. You would think that this stuff would be in the past, but no, it's 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 happening. And I'll share links and different articles and very and even YouTube videos. So <laughs> be on the lookout for that. I'll send you guys the rabbi. That speech got me. I'll make yes. you want to be a Jew. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mine's going to be a place I found. Yay. So, New Brambles, which is the most German shit I've ever heard, is a town that's really close to me. And it was founded in 1845 by Germans. And it means <laughs> brown rock, which I just found out today. So. I'm in like some groups of people in Texas and they were talking about this little brewery and it's a hotel and they're like, it's really good. So we went and checked it out and it turns out that it's haunted and it's old. So I am on board. It's called the Faust Hotel. How very German of them. Faust. (laughs) Faust Hotel and Brewing Company. It's also called the Traveler's Hotel. Shortly after World War I, New Braunfels community leaders sought to include the world-class hotel among its attractions to out-of-town visitors. A local businessman named Walter Faust Sr. spearheaded the project. The hotel opened on October 12, 1929, just two weeks before the stock market crashed. Jesus Christ, it's bad timing. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, you just throw all your money into this hotel and be like, this is going to be great, guys. It's perfect. I'm be like, God damn it. Awkward. <laughs> Originally dubbed the Traveler's Hotel, the hotel was considered one of the best hotels in Texas for the period and soon became a central meeting place for businesses and travelers and families alike. When the Great Depression came, New Braunfels struggled through tough times like the rest of the country, but was particularly devastated by the bull weevil blight. That, say that ten times fast. Bull weevil blight. <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't be hard but it is okay the blight crippled the textile industry on which much of the city's economic welfare was dependent despite these hard times the traveler's hotel remained open mainly due to the determination of mr faust the traveler's hotel was renamed after mr faust in 1936 during world war ii the hotel survived by the reputation it had gained as a honeymoon capital of texas Soldiers stationed at a nearby military base, holla, that's where we're at, <laughs> used the Faust Hotel as a location for committing to their brides before shipping off to fight in war. Is that like a fancy word for saying bang? <laughs> Isn't everything? <laughs> bang, 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 bang. All right. <laughs> Since the early days of Mr. Faust, the Faust Hotel has experienced numerous owners. In 1985, the Faust Hotel hosted a celebration to dedicate its recently acquired Texas Historic Landmark plaque, as well as placement on the U.S. National Register of Historic Places. In the fall of 2009, the Faust Hotel and the Faust Brewing Company were acquired by Power Home Properties, LLC, with a vision to preserve and restore the Faust Hotel to its historic 1930s-era's ambiance while implementing modern amenities to maximize guest comfort. They began necessary repairs and renovations in 
that was in 2009. So now it's open. It's been renovated. So when we went, we went to eat there because I heard about it. And then I was ordering a beer and I saw they had a beer called Walter's Ghost. (laughs) Nice. And I was like, light bulb, this place is haunted. I must know more. (laughs) So it's called the Haunted Brew. And it's a pale ale and it's an IPA. So I didn't really like it because I don't like IPAs. But anyway, it was cool. It's apparently one of the most haunted hotels in uh, Texas, which all of them claim to be. And I don't know who's telling the truth. So I guess I'll just have to go to all of them and find out. (laughs) I found a news article. So it's funny. There were several news articles. All these news channels send all their little reporters to these haunted hotels. And they're like, stay here, find a ghost, and then report back. And they're all like, what the fuck? That sounds like a job you need. Yeah, I I need that job. job. I do. That's why I'm hoping my YouTube channel will take off someday so I can just, you know, pay for itself. Anyway, this is a news article from the KSAT San Antonio Live. Anyway, the Faust Hotel was ahead of its time when it opened in 1929. It was run by Faust. Current workers say that guests are constantly telling them about things they see or hear while staying at the hotel. Quote, we have guests that stay here all the time and they say they wake up in the middle of the night and say, that they see something or they feel something, end quote, Faust employee, Brandy White. Bar manager Donnie said that inside the bar, glasses fall on their own, and the kitchen staff has seen an apparition of a man they believe to be Walter Faust wearing a black trench coat and a black hat. With the help of the San Antonio Paranormal Investigations, (laughs) each floor of the hotel was examined for cold spots, apparitions, and voices. Staff said that a lot of activity has been reported on the second floor towards the end of the hallway near rooms 215 and 217, which is where I'm going to stay someday. Yes. Children have said to be heard playing in the middle of the night when the guest list shows that no children are actually on that floor. This is a quote. So there's an eight-year-old girl that lives on the second floor and you can hear her. She's playing and giggling in the middle of the night. Well, thanks. An nope. EVP <laughs> session, which is like the electric or electron voice phenomenon thing, held inside one of the rooms revealed that something was there and the device is held by paranormal investigators went off. Audio recorder picked up the sounds of voices in the room as well. The ghost of Walter Faust apparently haunts the hotel, but could not be found during KSAT's investigation. <laughs> That's uh, funny. If you decide to stay at the Faust Hotel, employees want you to know that your night may be long, but nothing is ever violent. So, there we go. Awesome. Cool. Says, yeah. They seem to be pretty friendly, and they don't mess with you too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nice of them. Too much. <laughs> I, I was reading the reviews of the hotel, and a few people were like, stayed here because it's haunted, didn't see a ghost. So, Dang. I don't know. That's like my review of the Crescent. Came here for the ghost. Didn't see a ghost. Cool hotel, though. But didn't see a ghost. They restored <laughs> it really well. I really like the hotel. It's really small, but the I food was... in my head. Thing. Is this like ghost exploitation? Are we going to have ghost rights? <laughs> Probably. <Yeah. laughs> I tried to watch a lot of these investigations, and like nothing was happening. So I don't know. But it's a good beer. Like They have a bunch good. of beers based on these ghosts. They're delicious. Sorry, Walter Faust. I don't like APAs. So. <laughs> Take that, Walt. <laughs> but New Braunfels is so cool. So, like, their downtown area where this hotel is, there's a big roundabout and there's, like, coffee shops and stuff. But if you go, there's, like, saloons and there's some, like, German places. But all the buildings have massive murals that depict them coming here from Germany and huh. settling New Braunfels. It's just, like, a really cool area. That's and awesome. Best wow. German food I've ever had. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah, that's where when you moved down there, Terry was like, tell her to go to New Braunfels. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and supposedly the oldest bakery in Texas is in New Braunfels. That's what their sign says. I don't know. Everybody in Texas is the oldest in Texas. So I don't know who's telling the truth. But yeah, their billboard awesome. says they're the oldest. So. Cool. That sounds amazing. <laughs> it sounds like it's on the internet. Like everything yes. on the internet is true. <laughs> it's it's true. on a billboard. It's true. <laughs> All right. So move on to questions. 
All right. So last week we ended on the cheese and <laughs> we apparently love a lot of different kinds. And our next question is actually it's a statement. It says, welcome back, ladies. We love you three ladies so much. So Woo-hoo! Ashley, yes, welcome back to this one. Yes, thank you. And Marissa um, is one of our Patreon members. So we told them that Ashley was coming back and she was very excited. Yay. Mm-hmm. I was also very excited. <laughs> also to the several people who have told me that they miss my accent. I didn't realize I had an accent and now I'm like very conscious of everything I say. Oh, that was like Frankie I think, on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he's not the only one. <laughs> well, after that wonderful little statement, Marissa, there's a question. If you did a podcast on anything other than history, what would it be? I want to have a podcast about self-care and mental health. Oh, that'd be a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm actually in the works of doing a second podcast with my sister on being a nerd. <laughs> cool. So the idea, I don't know if this is funny or not, but we want to read the funniest good and bad reviews about nerd shit. So like movies and TV shows and then like oh, read them yeah. dramatically. And then at the end, my sister told me this gem called Purple Prose, which is like sexual fan fiction about things. <laughs> like read the most... <laughs> ridiculous and hilarious one about whatever maybe we're doing so all i can think of is tina belcher and her erotic fan fiction <laughs> yeah fan fiction, yeah, fiction. <laughs> Free, but obsessed well, yes. yeah. so that, awesome. that's in the work it's gonna be called nerdy af i've already <laughs> stolen it on everything so that we can do it but nice. that's my idea because we're a big nerd my family our christmases are watching lord of the rings and harry potter nerd is in our blood so Love it. Someone asked me if I if I did another one, what would it be? And I I couldn't really pick, so I thought if I did one, it'd be the Hodgepodge podcast. Oh, yeah. It would be about movies and art and comedy and just like whatever basically was happening, and have comedians, just have whatever. But if I had to pick a topic, I guess I'd do maybe D and D because I my favorite podcasts are all about Dungeons and Dragons. And so I would want to do a D&D podcast. Do the hodgepodge one. You should do call it hodgepodge podcast. There we go. Oh, podcast. Podcast. <laughs> anyway, go on. Hodgepodgecast. I what saw that there was a podcast called Not Another D&D Podcast, and it was nominated with a, Cute. like, in the same, not the same category, but the same finalist for the yeah. Discovery Pods. Awesome. Yeah. I love D&D. I can't help it. Or it would probably end up just being games, like whatever we were playing and doing. Mm-hmm. That'd be really cool. Next up is favorite historical fiction show or movie. Outlander. <laughs> <laughs> I I wish you guys could see Natalie's face every time I mention Outlander. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. It's good. But every goddamn episode... <laughs> Even now, the mini episode is just getting outlandered. Oh, my God. I love it so much. But I It is a good show. It. I'm not denying that. It, <laughs> it's just like every time we do a topic, it shows up on Outlander. And I'm like, well, how is this happening? So It's, it's just... like they know. I am like really struggling with this. I cannot remember any historical shows I've watched. It's killing me. I think I like the Tudors. It was a lot closer than the other Berlin girl. I really like the Tudors. I don't See, anything, I, that's the only one I'm thinking of is the Tudors. I don't have anything quite like that, but I love anything Jane Austen, though. Yes. Oh, yes. So I don't have anything that's like, this is historically accurate. I don't have anything like that, but I love, I do, I'm a sucker for like North and South, that miniseries, mm-hmm. Pride and Prejudice. All, I like all the versions. The one yeah. I own is the Kira Knightley one, though. <gasps> Me too. I, I have it. <laughs> I saw a meme yesterday that was like two introverts flirting and it was like Darcy. Yeah, that would would be it. The awkward, like, no, neither one of them are actually speaking their feelings. That's a mood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think probably the Tudors and Outlander for TV shows. For movie. Oh, Jesus. I don't know. I like some of the, I like Apollo 13 with Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah, that is good. That's not fiction. That's just. I said historical fiction. Yeah, historical uh, fiction. Yeah, well, they probably elaborated. 
I know. It's, like uh, hidden, hidden Figures, I wouldn't mind doing that one. Yes. Because so those women were real, mm-hmm. but I think it's more impressive that the lady that became the manager mm-hmm. of that the whole department, that happened like 10, 15 years before the movie. That oh, day. yeah. So I'm like, shouldn't that be acknowledged that mm-hmm. that, that actually happened way before? Because I think that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Probably for the sake of the... Uh, drama <laughs> oh and the timeline yeah. and all yeah. that stuff yeah i think for movie timeline i think for movies i have to go with either cold mountain or the missing because oh. they're kind of historical but they're more fiction than anything but i really like both of those movies oh horribly historically inaccurate movie would be moulin rouge <laughs> oh that's <laughs> yes. just a good story good oh, good such movie. a good movie i love it so much but speaking of Tom Hanks, they're having Thanksgiving here at the Alamo Draft House. And like, oh man! Like every week is a new Tom Hanks movie. So That's I think hilarious. I think this week was or last week was Forrest Gump. This week I think is Joe versus the volcano, and then next mm-hmm. week is Apollo 13. How oh cool! Love it so much. But I was like Thanksgiving just cracked me up. <laughs> Love it. I'm in for that. Awesome. All right, the next book is what is the coolest library feature you have discovered? Um, I think before I started working at the library, I didn't realize how many free programs there were before I started running them. But I didn't realize that there were, you know, robot programs and movies and free food and all that stuff. So I don't think I realized what kind of programming libraries had. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we have... uh, for adults, you want to learn Photoshop? We've got Photoshop classes. Or, or like resume builders. Yes, and, and yeah. like uh, job fairs, like how to mm-hmm. like where how to get a job, basically. Yeah. That was actually today. <laughs> and then uh, like we have fishing poles. Game and Fish donates fishing poles yeah. for people to check out for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's always what tons I- of apps. Yeah, one of my friends that works at a um, college library, they check out Byte for two weeks. But checking out bicycles are really cool. Uh, yeah, we have they, telescopes, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Layman just started telescopes. Yeah, some libraries do geocaching kits where it's oh, like a yeah. backpack with like a GPS and a map and stuff like that. It's really cool. Um, I was always really impressed with databases that libraries have. Oh, One of the yeah. libraries I worked at, you in the library could access Ancestry for free. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. I played with that so much. I discovered some like deep, dark family secrets and um, <laughs> I really did. It messed me up. And it's just really cool. Like there was legal, like law advice. There was a will builder. There was a resume mm-hmm. builder, all kinds of cool stuff. And so I'm, I'm always like when I get bored at work, I dive into the databases because I also teach classes about databases. So. I always dive. Yeah, I found one of my ancestors from like 500. And I was like, my main name's very easy to trace. So it wasn't yes, very it hard. Is. But <laughs> <laughs> very German. But yeah, I was really excited. Cool. Yes. I think the only disappointment I get is the libraries do so much. And like 90, 95% of it is free. Very rarely do they charge for their classes. And when they do, it's usually just because materials cost so much or Mm -hmm. maybe to pay for the special guests or something. Mm -hmm. But then when the library does not sell stamps or does not (laughs) do something Uh. so trivial, like (laughs) they people blow up about it. I'm like, here, let me give you this 1000 list of things that we do. But this one thing you asked for, we don't. And you're going to give a shit about it? That's rude. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're never happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially because we did passports. People would assume that we did everything the post office did. Like, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, let's give a shout out to the people who walk in and get mad when you won't let them buy the book off the shelf. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, that's so I do true. love it when kids say, I want to buy this book because they have a little library card that they think is a debit card yep. and they want to buy it. I do think that's pretty adorable. It is. But I have to say, you, you bring this back. Yes. <laughs> I'm um, sure there's probably a library podcast everywhere, somewhere. Library problems. I know there's a blog, library problems. That's hilarious. Yes. Yes. That's not it a just podcast. makes you think of like the Walmart one. <laughs> like, People of Walmart. <laughs> there needs to be a people of the library. Oh, I think there's gotta be. There has to be. 
Um, next up, which is also book related, what is the oldest book you've held, like you've had in your hand? Huh. Hmm. I touched the uh, book of Kel. I didn't have it in my hands, but I had my hands on it. Not on it, but like on the glass case. Trinity College in Dublin. Ooh, I've been there too. Yep. Uh, How old is that? It's uh, oh Jesus! It's uh, an illuminated manuscript, so it's medieval. Yes. So, so it would probably so be super, like fifteenth century. Yeah, probably I like fifteenth so. century. Let's go with that. Don't hold us to that. I was actually the when I went there. It was nineteen ninety nine, so I was like fifteen because I'm old. And I remember standing there like looking because they have it's giant, but the center way you have like the original manuscript from stoker like it's fucking amazing but you can look at the sides and you can see these old ass books that are just ancient but if you're a student there if you're wearing the right equipment you can like equipment like gloves and stuff you can touch them i'd just be like someday i'm gonna touch you that's why i like history i just want to be historian because i want to touch old shit that's my thing i want to work in a museum and i want to touch old shit yes my family bible is from like the 1800s. I've touched that. I mean, I'm probably 1920s, something like that. It was at a, a used bookstore. Oh, cool. They had some cool. first editions and stuff for sale. So, oh, I and, and it's actually the one the library owned. So it's like somebody donated this for, and we sold it for selling stuff. Oh, that's cool. Oh yeah, I do have a first edition book of a first edition of one of my favorite books, and it's from like the 1920s. Oh, cool. Yeah. I know my mom has this pamphlet that was from a rally from Carrie Nation that my great-grandmother was supposedly at. And it's signed, and my mom swears that it's Carrie Nation that signed it, but she can't find it, so I can't verify it. But that would be like the 1920s, 30s, when Carrie Nation was traveling. She went to Yaleville, Arkansas. Yaleville. (laughs) Such a fun town. (laughs) So I've touched that. But I keep on telling them, like, you got to find it. I need to find out if it's real. Because if it's real, it should be, like, very valuable. Yes. Awesome. Next up is how many people have you met looking for demonology books? <laughs> <laughs> I think I've had a couple of teens ask. I've met a couple library. of adults. Yeah. That does. Yeah. Uh, same here. A few. I, I have a kid after school. She's one of my favorite ones, and she like is obsessed with demonology and all this stuff. She just thinks it's, it's so fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite experience though is this old man who said he wants to be a wizard, and so he was asking about <laughs> all these Wiccan, and he thought he might see if demons could help him, and went into demonology. <laughs> and he was very conspiracy theorist and had like a lot of stuff against the Catholic Church. Yeah, it's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> He was, he I, was really fun. <laughs> I think I ordered a book on it. When I started at the library, the department I started had no books at all. And so I was trying to fill it. And for a while, I kind of hit a lot of like butting heads with people because they didn't want to order things like that. But I was like, a good library should offend everybody equally. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. when it came to like religion, so like we should have something from everybody. So I'm pretty sure that I got something that was... It was like demonology for like kids or something. It was something yep. so toned down. But That's awesome. Uh, just to add in, the next question is, where can you find a <laughs> demonology book? Let me, let's, since we're doing this now, uh, the library. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless you want like a first edition, then you'd probably have to get your hands on something like Trinity College. Yeah. You know, old shit. Super specific. Yeah. For general <laughs> information. Yeah. And it's going to be easier to find a demonology book in not the South because people will take those books off the shelves and vandalize them or steal them. Burn them. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably not going to be like Ash versus Evil Dead, like skin demonology book. Yeah. The Necronomicon. Yeah. It's probably not going to be that. But no. You could probably find like an encyclopedia of demonology. (laughs) Yes. Very uh, toned down, watered down. Pretty sure a lot of museums probably have some of the. I mean, if you have like the human skin ones, obviously those are going to be preserved by now. Hopefully, <laughs> some sort of archive. <laughs> Next up is what is your dream job? Hmm. Ghost hunter. <laughs> it changes, I think. Currently, now that we've started the podcast, I feel like I want this to be my job. 
(laughs) (laughs) Just because we get to do our own research and be our own bosses. And I kind of like that. So I like being able to keep my research chops up. But I would also like it to turn into like us getting to travel and do stuff. So if I got to stay at like haunted hotels and, you know, get paid for that, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be baller as fuck. (laughs) That's my dream job. But also, I just applied for a really cool job in a cemetery, and uh, that's probably a dream job right now for me. So, fingers crossed, everybody. Yes. All of you. <laughs> it's a historic cemetery doing programs. Oh, I would be so good at that, if you're listening. Yeah, but then you, like, Never. jump every ten minutes, though. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, I don't know. I think it'd be really cool, because I know, like, Little Rock does the Tales from the Crypt. Where they have like the local oh, yeah. high schools doing stories and stuff. I think the programming That's in a cool. historic cemetery could be so fucking cool. So I think yeah, I could have could a really... lot of fun being like creative and I could run with the ghost shit. I mean, just run with it. I don't understand people that have historic buildings or cemeteries that don't run with the ghosts. You can make so much more money if you just run with it. <laughs> yeah, just embrace it. Looking at you, Arlington Hotel and Hot Springs that try to convince me you're not haunted. I just like, I want your most haunted room. Like, We're not haunted. I'm like, you're a fucking liar. Al Capone's here. I know it. <laughs> no. <laughs> so he's like, please stop talking. Like, no. <laughs> Al Capone had his whole suite, like a whole suite of gangsters. And you're trying to tell me there's not a gangster there haunting it? No, I don't believe it. No. Nope. Yeah, there's a freaking gangster museum just across the street. Come on. Yeah. Fun fact, Hot Springs, Arkansas was the one place that all gangsters could go to, but none of them would, like, shoot each other. It was like everybody was under the agreement that you were cool there. But the second you left Hot Springs, then they could just, like, fucking shoot you in the face. But if you were in Hot Springs, you were cool. It was neutral. Yeah, Yeah. neutral zone. That's awesome. I love Hot Springs. I stayed on the Al Capone floor. Hopefully it's, like, (laughs) minus syphilis. But it was cool. I enjoyed it. Um, next up is what is the worst job you've ever worked? I worked at a fish hatchery where you literally had a rake and you'd have to put on waders and get in there and just like shovel the fish shit down into like the thing. And then I worked at PetSmart for my entire college undergrad where you had to like scrub fish shit. So lots of fish stuff. Didn't enjoy. I liked PetSmart. I liked playing with the little animals. Yes. When I was younger, I had to work on my uncle's hog farm, helping giving the hogs that were as big as me their vaccines. Oh, no. That was horrible. No, thanks. But as an adult, I think my worst job was when I sold knives. And it was like, yeah, I don't know. It was weird. Like, I had to, like, schedule appointments and go to people's houses to sell knives. And, like, there was a whole spiel. And, like, you had to turn a penny into a corkscrew with the scissors. Like, it was a whole thing. It was so dumb. It was dumb. <laughs> Good knives. Not like, like a pyramid job. scheme? <laughs> yes, it was, basically. Before before the MLMs got online. Yeah. No. Job is retail. Yes. People are I can't mean. fold shirts. I still... <laughs> I still retail fold my laundry. Oh, God, no. I can't. I roll it. <laughs> I roll it or hang it up. But I hated it. The job I had, there was, like, different sales every week. And it was a part-time, and I was working full-time during the day. So to go there in the evenings, only working a few hours, and you're expected to do all this work, and the staff was low because it's close to closing. It was just like, this is hell. Yeah. so bad. No, retail is rough. I think everybody should have to work retail or fast food. Agree. And I think everybody would be nicer. I I respect those who do fast food or, or waitresses or waiters because I know I could not do that job. Yeah. I have like, not worked one and I plan to not to. Uh, the next one is favorite historical event. Oh, Jesus. Might as well have me ask what my favorite kid is. And by <laughs> kid, I mean dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have one. Just don't. I I mean, I do favor like Mesoamerican history and Egyptian history. I do favor certain eras, I guess. <laughs> Whatever is featured in Outlander, that is Keenan's favorite. <laughs> uh, surprisingly, like, I, I don't know a whole lot about Scottish history, which is ironic because it's all in the Highlands, Scotland. I just wanted to mention Outlander again. Outlander should be a drinking game for this podcast. 
Oh, it should be. Oh, uh, we should have like a bingo card <laughs> <laughs> every time Keenan mentions Outlander. <laughs> Although I do believe in the Loch Ness monster and they should bring that up in Outlander, but probably won't. That'd be mm. cool. I'm up for that. Ashley, do you have any I, thoughts of your favorite event? I'm like, I'm really struggling to come up with something. Like, all I can think of is, you know, historically when like Emily Dickinson was writing. Oh, that's cool though. Like stuff like that, but and then Emily Dickinson had so much like harsh shit in her whole mm-hmm. repertoire too. But you know, like when some of the great things were being written are like my favorite historical times. What's your views? Do you think Shakespeare actually wrote his shit? <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you think Shakespeare is actually a real person? Uh, because there's actually I, no evidence about it. I think yes, and I think he was gay. Oh, there's a lot of like conspiracy theories about how he stole shit from other people and mm-hmm. but so did the Grimm brothers it feels like that's oh, true. true a lot of a lot of folks especially then because I mean hello we didn't have internet it's oh, almost like more of like a sharing of information true. yeah you guys are all classy with your literature and I'm like places that had pyramids <laughs> <laughs> whenever the aliens I love show the pyramids, up though. <laughs> Okay, my first go-to whenever I would research history is always ancient Rome and ancient Greece. Mm-hmm. But I don't have a specific... And that was when I was a kid. Now yeah. I just Google whatever pops into my head. That's the thing. I don't have a... I guess Google has ruined It's true. Life, I don't have yep. a favorite anything. The next question is, what is your least favorite season? And it's like weather. Season weather, whatever. Summer. <laughs> Winter. <laughs> I don't like being cold. <laughs> I don't. This is this is another one I can't really pick. I guess maybe summer because I don't like sweating, but then I love to swim. I'm a fish. Hey. Um, yeah, yeah, I love swimming, but I don't like sweating. I'm not built for hot. Now for fall and the rest of the seasons, I'm usually pretty fine. Because winter, I mean, yeah, it's cold, but I can always add more layers. Yeah. So. Yeah, true. I don't know. Have you been to Wisconsin in the winter? It's also not true. great. <laughs> I am an inferno. Okay, I I'm wearing I like today I wore a very thin sweater mm-hmm. and a shirt and I started sweating. My, I am the opposite. I am oh, always God, freezing. I touch Zeke and he's like, "Why are you cold?" <laughs> no, no, people hug me because I'm warm. Yeah, like I think that's always yeah. why people, I have friends sometimes. <laughs> Luckily, I smell good. Next up is what are your hobbies? I don't know. The podcast is a pretty big hobby of mine. Sure. Also, yeah, I do a lot more than I probably should. But I also have a YouTube channel that I'm starting back up. What's the YouTube channel about? Um, It's just going to be random stuff. I mean, I've had it forever. So I used to dance or I used to teach yes. dance fitness. So it has a lot of dance fitness on it. And then also just our random adventures. But now that we're here and have more places to actually adventure at... And we're going to start recording them. Uh, I like that word. Adventure. Cool. And Ashley, what about yourself? Any new hobbies or hobbies I in really, Louisiana? Um, I really like cooking and baking. And I'm trying to get back into reading. And I am also studying up on like Wiccan and witch stuff to figure out if I'm a green witch or a kitchen witch. So, yeah, that's been really fun. How about you, Natalie? Painting. Yeah. <laughs> The arts. <laughs> yeah. Right now I'm making Christmas ornaments and stained glass. That's what I'm doing. They're so pretty. Yeah, they are. I don't have time for anything. Else. I started a scarf a long time ago, but I haven't finished it yet. Oh. In time. So we have some listeners that do knitting and crochet and stuff. Somebody yes. commented yesterday that they were knitting a scarf while listening to us. And it was a turquoise scarf, and then their couch was turquoise, and their toes were turquoise, too. Nice. Like nail polish. <laughs> I was like, I love the color coordination. That's awesome. <laughs> it was so great. And then I mean, also, just add a little orange and be perfect. Oh, so good. Oh, that's a good combination. And then our Patreon, Leanne, she's doing knitting, right? Cool. Yes. Um, oh, yeah, crocheting. Yeah, crocheting. Yeah. She was asking our opinion on uh, business cards <laughs> today. Awesome. Good good idea. I've never learned how to do either, so I'm jealous. Yeah, I've been crocheting a scarf. I need to get back to it because it's real cold. It's funny. I have more patience to paint something than making a scarf. Yeah. It just takes so many hours to do. (laughs) What is your favorite song? Ooh. 
Everlong by Foo Fighters. And there's also right after it is what is your go to karaoke song? Everlong by Foo Fighters. <laughs> I knew it. I was like, hold up, let me ask this next one. Yeah, Foo Fighters is my jam, and Everlong is like my favorite song in the whole world, and it's never changed. So I'm just going to stick with it. Hmm. I like a lot of other music, but that's just the one that gets me right in the soul. And the music video is hilarious. So. <laughs> I, Foo Fighters have like really good music videos. Yeah, I do like so funny. I'm really drawing a blank. For karaoke songs, I typically go with country songs because that's what I grew up on. Usually, those are more like in my range than uh, pop songs tend to be. Because mm-hmm. I like to go for stuff that I sound real good on. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank on favorite song. Like I'm, I alternate. Is that Lizzo. <laughs> I know. I've been like listening. I've gotten back into listening to Lizzo lately. Yeah. I've been listening to Melanie Martinez and Mumford and Sons a lot lately. I love Mumford Mumford and Sons too. Actually, I think my favorite song is uh, Chain by Ingrid Michaelson. Oh, okay. Yeah. Have you heard Mumford and Sons this time tomorrow with my baby? Yes. This song brings me to tears. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love the Kinks. It was my dad's favorite band. And since my dad passed away, that song just really gets me in the field. Yep. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Which, if you can see, if you're on our Patreon, my whole wall is the kinks. My dad left me all his records. That's cool. That's awesome. So I have them on the wall. Favorite song? Um, uh, the first one that pops in my head is Imagine Dragons. I love oh. Thunder. Fun to sing with, and it always gets me pumped. And, like, Radioactive. Radioactive, I don't even really consider, like, that great of a song. <laughs> The music video like, is really funny, though. I it is. Love it. The, I don't know. There's something about that. those two songs. That music gets me pumped. No matter like if I'm in a bad mood, it puts me in a good mood instantly. Yep. And I don't really do karaoke. I'm totally a watcher. <laughs> have you Next up, if you could have dinner with any historical figure, who would it be? Oh, man. Why are you guys always asking, like, the one person? <laughs> Um, I'd have to go with one of the writers, probably Emily Dickinson, because she's my favorite. But yeah, yeah. Since we've been talking about authors, now I'm like, I wouldn't mind chatting with Jane Austen. That'd be yeah, cool. yeah. That would be cool. I think I would want to meet Anne Boleyn. I don't know. I just have this affinity for her because I feel like she's one of the most misunderstood historical figures. Mm-hmm. Like she's famous for losing her head. And that's yeah. it. She was so fierce and strong. And I don't think if you, I think I would like to meet her. Cool. Yeah. Or Elizabeth. Know. Or both of them. If I could have a twofer. Mother, daughter. Elizabeth yes. the first <laughs> That would be awesome. I did accidentally miss a question. So our last one is what book are you reading or listening to right now? Right now I am rereading Unwind by Neil Shusterman. Oh, that's a good one. It's really good. I just bought the box set of the five books in the series. And so I'm starting at the front because I've only read the first three. So I'm starting over at the beginning and working my throwaway through. Oh, okay. Those are really good. So good. Are you reading anything, Kina? I'm currently listening to Girls Stop Apologizing. <laughs> Ooh, yes. <laughs> it's taking me a while because it just gets too real <laughs> and then I yep. get depressed and I yeah, it sounds like it'd be hard to read it really yeah. is it's really it calling me out right now I'm listening to Carve the Mark by I think it's Ross the same lady that wrote Divergent oh Veronica Ross oh yeah. that had a really I, great cover yeah. it does and I do not like the book oh no <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna finish it to be honest I mm-hmm. did just finish a trilogy called the trilogy is called Everlife and the mm-hmm. first book is called First Life. And that trilogy was pretty good. When I worked at the library, I was having to read all the YA books. I find I enjoy them more than a lot of adult books now. So some of them are really good. Me too. Yeah. Yep. And Carve the Mark, oh, she just jumps in without describing the world hardly at mm. all. So I'm like, I have yeah. no picture of this at all. I'm like, <laughs> I'm picturing kind of. Like Aladdin kind of a scene, like a Middle mm-hmm. Eastern bizarre yeah. sort of thing. But it's actually supposed to be futuristic with spaceships and whatnot. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, all right, so are we like Stargate? Where it's like a mixture? <laughs> I'm so lost. And then and the characters aren't 
granted, I'm only in a few chapters in it, and uh, the fact that I can't picture it all, I'm like, I don't kind of understand what's happening because there's not really much world development. Yeah. I don't need much, but she didn't give, like, any. <laughs> she probably got all cocky with her divergent fame. Yep. Exactly. Like, I don't need to do that. They uh, rush to put out a new one. And it's frustrating because this one has potential. Like, it's got a great idea. Mm-hmm. I just don't like the execution. But I could be judging it pretty harsh. I don't know. Because some people love it. This was actually recommended by someone we worked with at Layman. And and I'm like, okay, I'll give it a try. And, yeah. Um, I think it was one of the books, last books I ordered before I left the library. But the reviews were very mixed. Because yeah. I always look to see what people said about books before I ordered them. Like, yeah. some books, like, My Pterodactyl Boyfriend. I read the reviews <laughs> on that. And they're like, do not buy this book. I was Yikes. Like, okay. But it was like a literal pterodactyl boyfriend. Love it. drama and I was like oh my god why is this that's book? awesome <laughs> I want to read that so much I wish there was Mystery Science Theater 3000 on books like that would yes. be cool. there, there's the podcast there's the podcast idea <laughs> I could do that alright I think that's the end that was the last one yeah. awesome. follow us listen to us review and rate us I like good shit send us questions send us questions we got a listener story coming up. We really need some listener stories. The All end. The yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, bye. 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 <laughs>